Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. It's a massive week in sports. Houston and Philadelphia are at it in the World Series. Tennessee plays Georgia in the college football game of the year. NFL games, basketball, hockey, all of it is going on. And BetOnline has you covered with all the props, odds, promos, and parlays for this week. Use the link in this episode to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code BLEAVE. B-L-E-A-V. Bet online, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is, you may be listening. Thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network. Except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. Welcome, 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 everybody. It is November 1st, according to my count. It may not be that according to your count, but we appreciate you stopping in however and whenever it is that you may be listening. Morgan from Australia is going to join us later on today. We're going to talk about NBA basketball. We're just going to laugh a little bit at the 76ers. We're going to talk a bit about the Lakers, what's going on with Ben Simmons in Brooklyn, everything that's going on in the first couple weeks of the NBA season. And we're also going to talk about Ime Udoka and Morgan's Boston Celtics coming up at the very end of the show today. And we recorded this show back last week. I want to say it was Thursday of last week. There hasn't been any new information on that front, but I just bring that up to say we recorded this podcast prior to the news that came out on Friday that San Antonio Spurs guard Joshua Primo was cut by the team, and then we got the information about why the 19-year-old number 12 pick in the 2021 draft got cut by the San Antonio Spurs, which is, as Ramona Shelburne and Adrian Wojnarowski put out, The San Antonio Spurs' release of guard Josh Primo stemmed from multiple alleged instances of him exposing himself to women, sources told ESPN on Saturday. This was October 29th, the day after Primo got cut. The decision to release Primo Friday night was sudden and shocking and spoke to the severity of the issue surrounding the promising 19-year-old. Attorney Tony Busby, who you may remember is representing, or I guess has represented the women who were filing civil suits against Deshaun Watson, Tony Busby has uh, told ESPN he has been retained by a woman who worked for the Spurs and has alleged Primo exposed himself to her. Busby, of course, represented the people from the Deshaun Watson case. So judging roughly by the timeline of events here, Primo didn't play in their game last Wednesday. And then on Friday, he was waived before they played the Chicago Bulls. And the San Antonio Spurs made the initial statement and then didn't add anything more to it, which is a great job. It protects the victims in that circumstance and waits for more information to come to light outside of the Spurs organization once they release Joshua Primo. According to Alabama.com on Monday, so again, this is information as of Monday, Tony Busby and his clients are going to have a press conference on Thursday where they will talk about the incidents that have been brought to him and the lawsuit that they are likely going to file against Joshua Primo. And so because of that, I just want to point out that there may be more information available by the time that this podcast is reaching your ears. Again, it's November 1st, according to my count, might not be that according to your count, more information may come to light. This is a story that I feel is going to be important to follow as like a journalistic conversation because 
had it not been for a Friday news dump, I think, and if it had been a bigger name player, this would be a bigger news story, similar to what we talked about with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is a sports story for a generation because of the unprecedented levels of sexually predatory behavior, sexual assaults that Deshaun Watson has engaged in. And because we don't have the details on this case, I don't believe that it's a bigger story. And by the way, this is the best way to go about it. This is not a critique of the situation. I think having access to more information is going to be the best course of action when it comes to this primo situation. And so because there is not enough information at this point, I can't even talk to you about what is brought forth because even the statement from ESPN that came out on Saturday, which was, so for those who who may not have been following the timeline of events exactly, Primo gets waived by the San Antonio Spurs on Friday and they make the statement saying that he's being released. Uh, Primo releases an Instagram story kind of explaining that he has, um, I can actually read the direct quote from him. I know that you are all surprised by today's announcement. I've been seeking help to deal with previous trauma I suffered and will now take this time to focus on my mental health treatment more fully. I hope to be able to discuss these issues in the future so I can help others who have suffered in a similar way. I appreciate privacy at this time. So that comes out on Friday and they figure out that they removed Primo's jersey from the San Antonio Spurs team shop and Acknowledge that like Lonnie Walker, who's no longer on the Spurs, you can still buy his jersey online. You can still buy retired players jerseys online at the San Antonio Spurs team store. They just haven't, you know, gotten around to removing them or they're still profitable. Those were signs that there was something larger at play here because Adrian Wojnarowski's original tweet, which I don't know if it was he didn't have information or just a little bit of negligence on his part. His original tweet had a a, a secondary tweet that said, this is an unprecedented situation for a player so young and drafted so high. And uh, they had just recently picked up his option. And like they, they phrased it as if it's like, wow, this is an unprecedented situation. We are all surprised by this without elaborating further. Again, you could put pieces together and recognize there was something there. But from the very beginning, I've I've now followed enough of these cases where I look at that situation and I say, we don't have all the information. Clearly, if the outcome does not match the information that we have present, there is probably information that we are not receiving. This is, shall we say, intellectually divulging news or like uh, doing a what's it called critical thinking when it comes to news and ultimately it would be better if journalistic outlets do that for us I think most journalistic outlets were put onto this story on Friday um, because the San Antonio Spurs were playing primo as of last weekend and then sat him on Wednesday and then released him on Friday it seems like San Antonio only had a few days to collect information on this case and recognizing that Primo was someone who they could not keep around any longer. We're not concerned about value or working to, you know, rehabilitate image and stuff like that. Like they decided this was not worth going forward with, whether that's a, a higher moral and ethical standard or whether it's weighing cost benefit analysis. I'm not exactly sure because I don't have the information. So I'm always skeptical of corporations in those situations and weighing the cost-benefit analysis. I've also been doing hundreds of hours of research and writing on the San Antonio Spurs, whether it be the five-part documentary we did over the summer, whether it be the book that I'm working on based on that documentary. Going through a lot of this stuff with the Spurs makes me recognize that San Antonio does operate in the past on a certain different level when it comes to the moral and ethical responses of a corporation. Now, whether or not that's still the same case, not exactly sure, don't have the details of this case specifically. I just default to cynical in this case, acknowledging that don't have all the information, corporations have not necessarily earned the benefit of the doubt, and even if San Antonio as an organization has earned the benefit of the doubt in the past, still need more information in order to dissect whether or not they did right by this situation, or if we're going to learn details about how they did not protect the victim in the first case, we just don't know at this point. And more information is going to be really important to dissect this case. So this is where things stand on Friday. And then on Saturday, 
again, with the, the initial report from Ramona Shelburne and Adrian Wojnarowski, which talks about, which, which says the phrase stemmed from multiple alleged instances of him exposing himself to women, which is the phrase that most people are leaning on right now in the absence of information, because uh, I read most of the initial report from Shelburne and Wojnarowski. There's not any details that come in after that other than multiple alleged instances of him exposing himself to women, which, first of all, using the word alleged in these situations, not the best way to go about it. There are other synonyms that you can use. I know you're trying to be journalistically credible. Alleged, not the best word to use in this context. There are synonyms you can use while still remaining journalistically credible. Just a side note there as well. At the same time, your people are leaning so heavily on that one statement, which if you know anything about Adrian Wojnarowski and sourcing here, he has a very direct connection to R.C. Buford, the now CEO of the San Antonio Spurs. His sources are very much within management. And I've actually learned a lot about this because I've been following the story with Kawhi Leonard so much and reading so many sourcing behind that and the players only meeting from 2018. Wojnarowski's sources are directly R.C. Buford and the San Antonio Spurs organization. For those who don't know, R.C. Buford is the former general manager of the Spurs for like 16 years and won four championships. And now he's the CEO of the entire San Antonio Spurs organization. Like he runs the business side of the Spurs now instead of the basketball side. And so R.C. Buford finds himself in that situation where he's the one directly feeding information to Wojnarowski. And because the only information we have comes from that specifically, and a follow-up tweet from Shams which basically said, hey, Tony Busby is involved. Tony Busby probably went to Shams with that information because Tony Busby is a public face and has represented Deshaun Watson over the past few months. I don't know exactly what his motives were. It doesn't take a sleuth to recognize that Tony Busby probably sent that information to Shams, which was then reported and as I mentioned, Alabama.com's reporting on Monday that Busby and his clients are going to have a press conference on Thursday. And because we only have that information to lean on, which is just the phrase stemmed from multiple instances of him exposing himself to women, because we have that phrase, that's what people are leaning heavily on. And I will argue that that is while clarifying to a small degree that there is something which we suspected was the case on Friday, not enough information to start drawing any sort of conclusions or to be responsible when we're talking about a situation where you have real victims, presumably in this case. And so because there's not enough information as it relates to the Primo case, it leaves a lot to be desired. And and. The best I can do here is just talk through that, that clearly we don't have enough information to begin dissecting this. Clearly, we don't know if there's going to be criminal charges or if this is going to be a civil suit. We don't know what the legal aspects of this. We don't even know what the moral and ethical cases of this are. Because again, when we talk about Deshaun Watson, when we talk about Matt Areza, when we do journalistic stories about women who are, are basically famous people who are committing sexual assault and sexually predatory behavior against women, professional setting or otherwise, when we're talking about these cases, it's important to talk about the moral and ethical part of it, the legal standpoint, because again, the bar for legal um, precedent and legal consequences, much, much higher than the moral and ethical standpoint. And somewhere in between those two gray areas is where the San Antonio Spurs landed on deciding to cut Joshua Primo. And this case is one where we don't have enough information legally or morally and ethically to start drawing conclusions. We just know that a famous basketball player who was drafted at the top pick two years ago and is barely 90, he's younger than me. This person has committed multiple, uh, according to this, multiple alleged instances of him exposing himself to women. That's the only context we have here. And because we don't have enough information I would argue, stay away from talking about the legal standpoint, stay away from talking about the moral and ethical standpoints, because clearly there is more information to come to light. That was clearly the case on Friday when you had the circumstantial evidence of Primo getting cut and his jersey being taken down from the website and the Spurs not elaborating further. Because there's not enough information to discern and dissect from, 
we knew there was more at play. That's what critical thinking and evaluating journalism is for. And I wish that there were more journalistic entities that were doing that at this point that people could lean on. I don't know exactly why this hasn't been like a front page story, but I think that this has been a rel- maybe it's a Friday news dump thing. Maybe the cynical version of me is like, well, people are just avoiding this because it's not famous enough. Pers- like cynical me says that, but the other part is once we have more information and, and details that come to light, this may become a larger conversation and a larger topic. And maybe Thursday will provide us more information of clear cut details about what Joshua Primo did with these women and and what sort of sexually predatory behavior he engaged in while we're waiting for circumstantial evidence to come to light, whether that be through Tony Busby, whether that be through victim's testimony, or what I think will be the more pressing information, which is detailed reporting that comes out that helps give us a better understanding of this case while also having journalism protect the victims within the situation, something that was not done well in the Ime Udoka case, as we follow both of those stories, looking at that and looking through the looking at this case with circumstantial evidence, once we get it, I don't know when we're going to get it, once we start to get more evidence and more context, then we can start to piece together the morals and ethics of this case, the legal aspects of this case, and... I mean, there's not a whole lot of basketball stuff to dissect from it, but the more important points are the legal and moral and ethical cases for this. And uh, we just got to wait time to see what this information comes because this feels like a a worthy news story. This is a famous person who, in a repeated pattern of behavior, and we've seen this now a lot over the past few months, and I've we've been following these cases to a point where now I feel really good about talking about these cases and being responsible in talking about how these cases affect the victims, what it looks like within a professional workplace, what the moral and ethical stances of this and trying to actually hold people accountable for their actions in a way that is morally and ethically reprehensible while also respecting the legal aspects of these cases, a legal system that is, as we saw with Deshaun Watson and Matt Areza and the LSU case, a legal system that is not equipped to handle crimes of, basically not equipped to handle sexual crimes, both from a criminal aspect or from a, a, what is the, gosh, Oh, uh, from a civil court aspect where, where you just need probable cause and settlements and all sorts of complex moral and ethical conversations and trying to put a dollar value on trauma and, and all sorts of gross legal aspect stuff, figuring out where this case falls requires a lot more information. And so, you know, some people are going to jump to the drawing conclusions part of this. I think that they will come back in a few months and say, well, now we have more information and I believe this. And the more responsible thing to do would be to talk about it from a broader context of like, hey, this is a situation that's happening while acknowledging we don't have all the information and we won't be able to draw definitive conclusions until we get more information about these instances. Because again, all we have to lean on at this point is nine words from Ramona Shelburne and Adrian Wojnarowski stemmed from multiple alleged instances of him exposing himself. We we just have those nine words and 11 if you want to add the women part of it. Like We have 11 words to lean on to try and discern any sort of information from this. And we just don't have the information. And so... That's acknowledging the case, that's saying that it's out there, this is a story that will be important from a broader societal context, and talking about the same things with Matt Areza and and, um, talking about Deshaun Watson and the cases we've been following, which is uh, Ime Udoka falls into this camp too, even though we don't have a ton of information on that case. What can we discern that will help protect women in the future and talk about this in a responsible manner that puts the onus on the victims and empathizing with the real victims in these real cases because that's the most important part of any measure of accountability and reporting on these cases so that is 
the best I can offer at this point when it comes to Joshua Primo and that situation. I wish I could talk more about it. I wish we could do a full 40 to 50 minute podcast on this case with reporting and with credibility. Maybe more information will come out as of Thursday with Tony Busby, but it seems like this is going to be a slow, methodical process and one that journalistically we'll try and follow up on as more details come to light, but ultimately don't have the details to talk about this from a moral and ethical or legal standpoint when it comes to what is happening in San Antonio with Joshua Primo. Absolutely. Look, what do you, what do you want to talk about? We're with basketball? back. <laughs> yeah, we're back. <laughs> That's right. I'll, that was... I'll Google another funny joke. <laughs> okay. What, what's, what's up with basketball then? I want to hear, what do you want to talk about with basketball? The Lakers are not very good, Kyle. <laughs> I'm aware of this. I've, I'm aware of this. Yeah. Mm, the, Lakers, the Lakers are really bad. The Lakers stink. Yeah. The, the Sacramento Kings just have to get past the Lakers and they're going to make the play. In. And I got to be honest, if, if, the, if the Sacramento Kings can't beat the Lakers to get to the play in, not sure what you're going to do at this point. Not not sure exactly what's left for Sacramento if you're fighting with the Lakers and the Jazz for the last playoff spot. Got to be able to beat them, right? But but like the Thunder are, are intentionally like tanking. Like, yeah, no, the the Thunder are in this for the long run. They, they're they, in they the Wimby mistakes. Like they they have they have no interest in winning, right? Yeah, no, but, no interest in winning. They just sat your guy Josh Giddy tonight for no reason. Like they they are they are sitting players on the fourth game of the season. They are in this for the tank. Him tired. <laughs> they said, have a seat, my friend. Wow, yeah. I just put up their um to, to I just touched on their team and I was like, who the fuck are these people? Wouldn't it be funny if the Lakers win the lottery and the Pelicans get Zion and Women Yama? Would be great. So is Zion injured injured or just like big boy injured? I don't know what the rules are for Zion's injury. He got a back problem. They'll play it safe, but it's a different injury than the other two injuries that have kept him out for the last 17 months. But he's very, he's he's very fun though. I think he's okay. My favorite part of the first part of the season is that we just kind of assumed that Utah would be tanking because they got rid of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. But if you look at that team compared to like Sacramento, I'm like, huh, both have about as many NBA caliber players on their team as the other one. So but we I just think kind that was of Danny Ainge's intention. I just think he didn't do a good job of getting the bad enough players. He's like, why are well, we winning? <laughs> Well, the the funny part is the ones that are doing good this year are like Kelly Olynyk and Jordan Clarkson and Mike Conley. These were all guys who were already there before <laughs> this happened. And those are the ones that are playing great. Like it's the funny part is that he just didn't give away enough players in order to get a top pick in the draft. Um that's all right. Long range, he'll he'll sort it out. So either way, they don't even need I mean, they need women Yama, but they don't need to get a top three pick in the draft to be OK. Like they'll no. they'll they'll do the Chicago Bulls thing and just get a bunch of blue chippers and put that around. And eventually they'll make the play in because they're the scrappy Utah Jazz. Mm, great. Scrappy. Um, the Bulls. Um, yeah, they were good today. Not ideal for the Celtics, but that's OK. 76ers are bad. <laughs> See, that just tickled you. It just tickled you right there with that. <laughs> See, you know the way to my heart, and it's through the dead parts of my soul <laughs> where where I laugh at the misfortune of Matt Ryan, of the Philadelphia 76ers, of Ben Simmons, of Old anyone mess. who's ever wronged me. <laughs> Lane train. No fury. Like a Morgan scorn. I <laughs> Morgan scorn for the 76ers. It's just, it's not even like remotely close to accurate in real life. But you know what? Ben Simmons can kick rocks. He's trash. Who's surprised by that? Not me. I, 
Like he made me hate LSU basketball. (laughs) I shouldn't have any feelings about LSU basketball. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird, a weird thing to stake your claim on. Think about that. He's Australian and went to LSU, and you just despise Mm -hmm. this man. Yes, this this should be your perfect basketball. Stand, I can't stand pathetic. This is your least favorite player. Literally the person who like, who is Morgan's ideal basketball player? How about a number one pick, former all-star, went to LSU and is Australian? Nope. From, from your least favorite player. Yeah, my least favorite player. Despise him. You know why? He's a jerk. He's not very good. He's never made a single team better by being in his presence. Not once. Brooklyn's not very good this year, are they? No, they're not. They're one and two. How many minutes has my friend Patty been getting? That's what's really important. can't believe he's still there. That's so weird. It is so weird. He should go somewhere that makes him happier. Somewhere like Milwaukee. He should go anywhere else but there. Maybe he just likes wearing black and white. He doesn't want to play for those really shitty San Antonio. Just, mm, he's like so good at things. Patty Mills, that's my analysis. He's so. So you just wanted to talk basketball to talk Patty Mills? No, that's not true. I wasn't going to talk about him at all. But you mentioned Brooklyn, and then I remembered that Patty Mills has to play on that. You mentioned Ben Simmons. Because I hate him. I'm always going to mention Ben Simmons. We're talking about things that make me happy. Him being not good is making me happy. <laughs> well, did you have anything else on the Bulls? You were just like, the Bulls, they exist. <laughs> no, they beat us today. Comfortably. Good on them. High five for you. Go fuck yourselves. Same team as last year, which is going to make the play-in. That's Chicago. Mm. Mm. Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown have made a good start to the season. Nobody can score on Marcus Smart. I don't know if that's true today, but nobody could score on Marcus Smart for those two games because he actually is defensive player of the year, contrary to what some of you think. defensive player on his team. That is incorrect. Robert Williams should have gotten defensive player of the year. Oh, shut up. No one knew who Robert Williams was halfway through the season. That's because he missed the last 20 games of the season. If he played the full season, he would have won the award. Well, that's just absolute rubbish. No one even knew who he was. Are you doing good this year? Me. Oh, he's not even playing. Whoops. Probably Williams isn't he's, playing. He's injured. Yeah. yeah. No, he's not doing good. He's injured. But thank shows you shows how much basketball I've been watching so far. So, as of our first three games, Marcus Smart on defense so far. Defensive possessions, 102. Players guarded, 7. Points allowed, 11. That's pretty good. Correct. Shut down. Marcus Smart was matched up on Kyle Lowry on 16 possessions and allowed two points. He guarded Tyler Hero on 15 possessions and allowed two points. He guarded Jimmy Butler on 12 possessions and allowed zero points. It's pretty good. I'm sure the Orlando Magic provided a difficult... Maybe he's actually quite good at... Well, that was the Miami Heat. So maybe he's just actually quite good at defending... Who would have thought? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think he's a good defender. I'm not saying he's that. I'm just saying that. Uh, but like, I not the... I'm not here for the hyperbole. The the just everyone jumping on the bandwagon of oh, you didn't even know who he who he was six months ago. All these people were like who? Do you mean Robert Williams? Yeah, no one even knew who who Robert Williams was. No one knew who the Time Lord was. No one. And then all of a sudden it was all like, oh, the Celtics can't win without the Time Lord. Like, spare me. I mean, the the interesting part about that was like, when it came to regular season defensive player of the year, the Celtics were like so far and away the best defense. I mean, the Warriors had the same defensive rating as them, but like the Celtics, the second half of the season had this like incredible defensive outpost. So people were just kind of like, well, we got to get someone on them. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. And the Celtics were like, well, we got to give it to a Celtic, right? They have the best defensive rating as a team. Got to give a Celtic the Defensive Player of the Year award. Let's just give it to Marcus Smart, even though if you were doing the logic of a Celtic should win the Defensive Player of the Year award, you give it to Robert Williams. But Robert Williams didn't play enough games. So you give it to the guy who's the best defensive player on the team, which is Marcus Smart. Which is why well, I I reject points. I reject the premise of defensive player of the year should be best defensive player on the best team. But if if you were going to do it that things. way, I like that doesn't. But it's annoying. Like, just give it to the best defensive player. Why do, Why do we have to have these stupid qualifiers? <laughs> because otherwise, Giannis would win it every year. <laughs> otherwise, it would just be Giannis collecting defensive player of the year awards. Like they're just uh, like I don't know. Like and they'd Emmy make a really cute, sweet little speech, and it would be funny and. Everyone would giggle and we'd move on. Yeah. And, and, and then, then somebody like, I don't know, Joel Embiid would complain because that's what he does. But then Joel Embiid would win one. And then no, he wouldn't. He would, Cause he would celebrate. Because like, he's being trolled. The troll is being trolled. Yeah, a little bit. It does suck that he didn't win an MVP. I mean, he might win one this year, but it sucks that he didn't win an MVP over the last five years of his prime. Because Joel Embiid's prime is kind of ending. It's kind of sad that that happened so quickly. Yeah, I'm devastated. <clears throat> yeah, I know you are. I know you're actually, just absolutely actually quite No, I, no actually, I've never said a bad word about Joel Embiid. I quite like him. Just stinks that he happens to play on the Sixers. Yeah, you know what? That's his problem. He got, he, He's there. That's unfortunate for him. I don't dislike him. I think it's funny. I like, he kind of like broke the fourth wall. In, like the game was about to start, and he's just like staring down the barrel of the camera and tilting his head. And, like he's he's got like he's got like old school wrestler traits about him. He's a heel, I, I and I, he's a character, and I like that. He plays for the Seventy Sixers, and Seventy Sixers let confetti off when they don't win. So fuck them. That's okay though. We like That's Joel Embiid over here. Good. Joel Embiid is one of mm-hmm. the three greatest players of his generation. It just happens to be a generation he's also, where. A bit of a sore loser. And that's not the greatest quality. Like, I don't know. Be better. Be better. Be better, Joel Embiid. We're getting there. (laughs) Can't. Somehow couldn't. I mean, if they played the Celtics in the playoffs, that would be fun. That'd be a fun series to watch. If they were fully healthy. Who? The The Sixers. I mean, both teams. Do, do we both get to teams. be fully healthy, or do we? Yes, you get to be fully time? healthy too. You get to have Time Lord. You get to have. Uh, what's it called? Who else is hurt? Well, I guess Gallinari? you don't get Galadari. I guess you but don't. You get said Gallinari we get to be fully ha- healthy. You just but lied. But if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to to hear it, did it ever make Bobby a truth? sound? If Galadari never played a game in a Celtics uniform, does he really ever get to be on the team? Gordon Haywood did. <laughs> Gordon Hayward did eventually play for you guys. Gordon yeah, Hayward did eventually play for them. But that 2018 season, Gordon Hayward, known as Gordon Hayward played for us. Yeah, we, we, never got what, we never got what we purchased there. We were sold a lemon because it broke. Yeah, but that seems to be a theme with the Celtics, right? They don't really get what they purchase when they get free agents. Doesn't doesn't really seem to be the bag for the Celtics. It's started with. Yeah, you're right. Started we should with just Gordon. we should just stop doing that, and we should just keep. Drafting our own talent and and developing them ourselves because that's working yes. much better. Well, it's working enough to get. Well, I guess they made the finals last year. I was going to say it's working well enough to make them an elite team, but uh, a team that will also lose to the Bucks a bunch. But they did beat the Bucks last year. But Chris Middleton was hurt, and it still took seven games. And it took Jason Tatum having one of the greatest fourth quarters I've seen in years. I'm hearing a lot of bullshit and a lot of talk and not a lot of. The Celtics are an elite team. The end. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah, and that's because they got Jason. Despite Tatum not even Jalen having Brown. a coach. Well, they no, they were elite before that. This year, this year, I think they'll get there just because of how good Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are, and the fact that they play really good defense. Like you said, I think that that's just a carryover effect. Because does that Miami dude look is... like Ime Udoka? They look similar. The new Celtics coach. 
I do not know what the new Celtics. Co- I don't even know who the new Celtics coach is other than is listening Joe. to Bomani Jones podcast and hearing that he has uh, some stuff in his past. I, d- I don't actually know who the new Celtics coach is. He's a nobody, I think. I would assume so, considering that he Joe was the Mazzola. third assistant. Joe Mazzula. Um, Joe Mazzula lo- looks like limited fake Mario Draco. Yeah, he, he looks kind of like, I don't know, he looks like French George Hill. That's the thing I would say. Not sure why, but just why he French? looks like a knockoff version of George Hill. Why French? I don't know. I just I just went for a knockoff George Hill. I just French I didn't want to say like George Hill's I don't wanna, I don't brother. French. French is for surrender monkeys. No thanks. I don't know. Maybe because he looks a little bit like Nick Batum. I don't know. He looks a little bit like Nick Batum, a little bit like Mario Doka, a little bit like he's out of his depth. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he was the third assistant on the bench last year. Like the the main assistant left to go be the coach of the Jazz. So like, I I kind of get it. Jeremy Zorro is the first Celtics head coach to start two and zero since two thousand and nine. Cool. Well, that's just that's just Johnny. silly. That's just silly. I mean, look, Ime Udoka is never going to coach in Boston again. So, like, they'll eventually hire a full time coach. And I just, I don't understand why everything feels like it's so up in the air when it comes According to, to Boston.com. Jeremy Zola reportedly has every opportunity to shed the interim tag and become the Celtics' full time coach. Okay, so I see this headline as the first one on Google, followed by the next one, which is Jeff Van Gundy calls suspended Celtics coach Ime Udoka a terrific man on ESPN broadcast, <laughs> which oh. is not great. Yeah. Because we're about to, we're eventually going to find out some of the details mm-hmm. behind this. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he it seems pretty clear he's never going to coach in uh, Boston again. And the reason he's suspended is while they work out a buyout. Uh, why does everything yeah. feel so in limbo? Because it, it just feels messy. Like it, it feels, yeah, incomplete. Like cut the cord, get rid of it. But but are we just kind of like move, like just kind of move along type of thing? It's like, hey, they did the they did the appropriate thing by getting out ahead of this, if you can call but, it appropriate. And but did they, I know it was a like, corporate. Who who are they protecting here? I don't know. That's the thing that stinks is that we talked about this when the news first broke. The, I think the last time you were on, like, the, we just don't know. And that's the part that stinks is that we just don't have the information. So I'm we can't fine really that we don't know. figure that out. Because if it's to protect the person who has been wronged, then that's fine. That's fine with me. I don't need to know if it's to yeah, protect her. But if it's to protect like, his reputation or, or, or to enable him to move somewhere else, then fuck that. I don't know what they enabled him to do while this was all going on. It's just it. we didn't know about it. And then they got ahead of it and did what seemed like the right things, like putting him on administrative leave. Basically, that's what that suspension was, putting him on administrative leave. Brad Stevens went out of his way to say the, hey, everyone who's smearing these women on the Internet is out of pocket. Like he didn't have to say that, but he did at that press conference like it seems like the Celtics are doing the right things. We just don't know the details of the wrong things that they might have done before all of this happened. And that's the part where I don't want to give the corporation the benefit of the doubt. I don't want to give the because Celtic they front office it. the benefit of the doubt. Well, the, Celt- the Celtics have never earned it, really. Yeah, of course. I just I see them doing the right things in a shitty situation, like getting out ahead of it, putting him on indefinite leave going out of their way to protect the women within the organization publicly. The thing is, I don't know what they were doing behind the scenes. And so I don't want to, I don't want to go too far as to like, say, look at the job the Celtics did in the aftermath. Like, it's not that I just don't have the information other than the two days of public statements and the stupid Woj thing that ended up making the whole thing even worse. Like I don't have any other information still. Yeah, we still don't have any, and I, and you know what, I'm I'm good with that. That's fine. But if that's the case, if we're not going to get clarity, then you need to cut the cord. I I think the way we're going to get clarity that I would prefer is through journalism, because journalists can at least put the checks and balances in place to protect the victims and give us the truth. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. So, I, I I would more Jenny Frentis, do your best. Yeah, go go just, go investigate. Do anyone who wants to do that, that's fine. Work with the victims, and it's yeah, it's better than the information. Bring a story to life if that's what they want. But if not, then just leave it. It's better than the information coming from an an internal report from or an internal investigation from the NBA and the Celtics. Like it's, it's been better. A, it's been a while now with nothing. Like they're they're tight lipped on this. Yeah, and it's not like it's like closed. It's not like it's a secretive thing. Like Matt Barnes was like, "Hey, I called up some people and they kind of explained the situation." I was like, "Oh, kind of backing off of this." Like mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like. I mean, Bomani was talking about this with uh, with Dominique Foxworth and they did the um, they did the like hit the music music. thing. Yeah. And like he was explaining some of the stuff he knows, but isn't going public with. And it's Dominique was like, "Ooh, ooh, ooh!" so like this information is known. It's just not it's just not backed up by credible reporting yet. So I guess we're just waiting for all of the facts to be gathered and someone to some journalistic entity to release this. I don't know if it's going to be like a local Boston paper or the athletic or, you know, someone as big as like the Washington post or the New York times. But like, we're kind of just like waiting around for more journalistically backed up details, but the NBA schedule doesn't necessarily move with that timeline. All right. To wait and see then still wait and see. Yeah. It just feels gross. Cause Boston's in this limbo where it's like, hey, this this guy who's 34 years old and is, you know, an interim coach with no real qualification to become an NBA head coach. We're just going to kind of stick him in there and uh, see what happens because we just don't know what to do. But also, we're just going to keep it rolling and talk about the Boston Celtics like they're any other team at this point. They were just going to hope that their self-driving vehicle self-drove yeah if you put it if you put it in autopilot that it wouldn't make uh it wouldn't cause problems mm-hmm. yeah and- but i just don't know if i'm supposed or if i i don't feel like i should be talking about the celtics or not talking about like when it comes to cleveland very clearly line in the sand don't want to talk about that and we should be yeah. doing a better job of acknowledging everything there with the cleveland nfl team with Boston, I don't know what actions I should take because I don't have information. No, it's it's. I don't think that that it's possible. It's possible to even have an opinion because you don't know what you don't know anything. You can't take a side. You can't commend an organization or you can't criticize the organization because really, we know nothing. Hmm. Yeah. That's that's the thing. I mean, again, it's just going to take time. I mean, when it came to some of the cases we've talked about today, whether it be those organizations with $100 million lawsuits or colleges with $100 million lawsuits, like it took years to gather all the information. So I guess that's the case. I guess because this is a, a more like kind of straightforward transactional situation, I guess, where it's like the first thing we found out is that he's going on leave and then learn nothing else about it that... Um, I think it's just we talked about this with the Woj thing and the reporting behind it, like the way the information came out has just made this a even worse situation for actually trying to talk about it and make it a more macro level conversation about a really unprecedented situation of the coach of the NBA finals team being fired over relationships within the workplace that couldn't like based on the power dynamics couldn't possibly be quote-unquote consensual as it was being thrown around. Yeah, like I just, I, I, I've I, just really got no opinion on it because I don't know. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm just going, which I don't really like to do, is just take their word for it at the moment. There's a reason why they've acted in the way that they have. Yeah. And that, that's kind of, and I, and I don't trust I don't trust organizations usually, but in this situation, I think believing them is the better of two evils currently. Yeah. So I guess we're just going to look at Joe Missoula and kind of move on with our lives 
and look at Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And that's going to be the, the, the Celtics title defense is going to be the story at this point, because we just don't have the information to accurately talk about uh, about everything that's going on other than just looking at Joe Missoula and saying, yeah, it looks kind of like <laughs> looks like a combination of Ime Udoka and George Hill and uh, and Nick Batum. And again, like Missoula has got something in his past that uh, he's atoned for, according to Bomani is the only time I've heard about it. I just want to acknowledge that I know that that's the case. I just don't know all the information there either. Okay. Derek White has a really round face. He has really round features, just saying. Derek White also has weird facial hair. That's something I've noticed over the years. He's got a weird facial hair combo going on. He kind of looks like an experiment gone wrong. Like evolution was. That's that's a little mean. I wasn't going that far. Like he, he just, I don't know. But I, I find something like very striking about his eye shape. He's just a very intriguing character to look at. Not Combined with the fact that he has a giant what hair. I can guess is an afro. I don't know for sure if that's what his hairstyle is, but every time I see his hair, I just can't stop thinking about his receding hairline. And it's it's pretty evident when you look at Derek White that he's got all this hair, but also has a receding hairline. So he also seems to I, have a receding eyebrow. <laughs> Like there's yeah. a giant chunk of eyebrow missing. He has very, I don't know, something about his eyes. They're very round. They're very, hmm. I like them. He looks like a bit of a cartoon character, I think. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Like kind of I like, see like anime sort of, yeah, Japanese cartoon. This is really what are you great. saying? That I find him intriguing to look at. Um, Malcolm Brogdon. He's a guy. Good, bad. Otherwise, he's a guy. He ain't that guy though. It's better. I mean, his, adding Malcolm Brogdon is better than like what Miami did, which was basically nothing. So, I don't know. I like, stick with um, old Chunky Lowry. Um. That situation's weird too, the Kyle Lowry situation. Yeah. It's kind of just a bad contract. No, no, like he's the personal situation that that no one talks about. Yeah, I don't really know anything about that one. I don't really yeah, know what to see, do with like, that. There's all these stories that we kind of don't know anything about, but we do know that they exist, but we don't know anything about them. Like how Jimmy used to miss games all the time, but we don't know why, and we don't talk about why, but we, we know it happens and private. That's private. Sorry. But hey, LeBron. Which I'm okay with that part your, of it. Tell us like, your opinion on international trade. <laughs> tell us your opinion on this, that, and the other. Kyle Larry, why are you missing games? Doesn't matter. That's private. Fuck out of here. Yeah, I I get that one. I, I can I can get behind that is um, you know, if we're gonna ask them about all of these bigger picture issues, but I think that I think that players have that little bit of right to privacy at a certain point. It just depends on how much the organization wants to protect their business because NBA players are very public facing people. So it's hard to find a level of privacy unless you actively deflect from it or you build an organization that deflects. I'm I'm very anti-Jimmy at the moment. Why are you anti-Jimmy? Because I just think it's weird that like... his level of asshole is acceptable and like kind of championed like oh jimmy's jimmy's that guy in the gym jimmy's that guy. jimmy's a prick like that's what jimmy is jimmy's an asshole who made the life of lives of his younger teammates fucking awful because yeah. they didn't have that dog in him like no you're a prick you're a bully in any other workplace or environment, you'd be looked down upon as being an asshole and a bully. But I haven't really, I haven't really heard those stories in the four years since Jimmy's been in Miami, though. Like I've heard some stuff heard about, like the stuff about who's that dude? I know the, I've heard some stuff that, about Duncan Robinson and him, but yeah, I don't him really... and that dude that um, Poppy was going after, Struce. Struce, Struce is loose. 
Yeah, apparently, like, he gets on him and, like, like, who do you think you are? Fuck off. He's a bully. I th- I feel like that's kind of I, I I don't know a whole lot about Jimmy Butler recently, but I felt like that narrative had kind of been worn through when it came to Jimmy Butler because I I mean I don't follow the Heat that intently. I just I haven't heard of a bullying moment since the Timberwolves days, and that's like two teams and five years ago. So doesn't but I guess like it doesn't cele- check. He's for me celebrated anymore. for that, and like he's applauded for what the way he treated them. Like he's the good guy, Is and they're he? not. Yeah, and and like I don't know if it's just a show thing or or a mic thing or a what, but I'm just like I'm this narrative that like Jimmy's that guy in the gym and Jimmy's like demanding all these things from his teammates and blah blah blah. Like spare me. I mean, yeah, you. like you don't have to be that person. Like that's kind of the he tried to the fight argument. Spo. Remember? Oh, well, that one, that was just kind of funny. That was just kind of like funny it's to watch that play out because Spo, when Spo like broke the clipboard or spiked the clipboard, Jimmy was like, oh shit. He's <laughs> like, what? Spo um, should have just literally turned around and just made eye contact with UD and be like, now you know why he's here, motherfucker. He got into you. Ah. <sighs> Is this kind of more of a Levitard show way that they talk about Jimmy Butler? Because I, I do feel like they gloss up Jimmy Butler a lot, but I don't necessarily I don't necessarily yeah, think like, they're doing it like in a propaganda type of way. Mike does everything in a propaganda type way. Yeah, but that's what get that's what gets him on your nerves when you hear Kane's football talk and Miami Heat football talk or basketball talk. No, I, I think the Heat stuff's funny. Like the 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 way that they think that they have a rivalry with the Celtics, that's funny. Um, the way that they like think that I they mean, matter that they think that they matter in certain terms is funny. Like I mean But no, it, I know what you think and your opinion doesn't count. Um, but like I I just don't I don't get the Jimmy Butler thing. Like But there was, I don't know, I was listening to something last week and they were talking about like Tyler Hero's problems with him and Duncan Robinson's problems with him. And, and like Duncan Robinson, I think it was maybe Bo who was talking about like Duncan Robinson and his shooting ability and how he blah, blah, blah. And like is broken. Yeah. I thought he was going to be in Sacramento. Having somebody like Jimmy like ride you when you're in that situation, that ain't going to help. Like, you can make as many coffees as you like and charge as much money for them. You're a bully. You're a mean girl. You're a bitch, Jimmy. Sounds like you do kind of harbor some feelings against the Miami Heat. Perhaps. No, no, I I don't. No, I I feel bad for people like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. And I, I I think that he's a bully and it's celebrated. And I don't think that's right. I can get down with that. I can get down with it's sports like, you culture. Don't hear those, you don't hear those things about UD. Yeah, but I haven't heard those things about Jimmy Butler in a while, but maybe it's just I haven't been seeking in the right places. I feel like that was just a, a Minnesota thing with Jimmy Butler, and I haven't really heard that anywhere else. I don't know. Other I've than heard, like, like, hey, from, Duncan Robinson's he, got he, some... From Heat Media Day or something, someone was talking about like how Jimmy rides them and something, and I was like, anywhere else, and this wouldn't be... Like, okay. And I understand having to motivate players and having to, like, try to get the best out of each other and blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. I'm off him. He's giving me the ick. What else have you got basketball-wise? Anything else? Are there any other Australians I can talk about? (laughs) 